Good evening, folks, and welcome back to another episode of South of Cheddar Curtain. As always, it's your boy Devin Hine sitting across from the table from the man, the myth, the legend himself, Lucas Mueller. You want to say hi to the folks, Luke? Hello, folks. Guys, we're back. We have, as always, so much to cover, so much more Packer information than you thought you ever needed. Uh, we are going to quickly break down our preseason third game against the Chiefs. We're going to go over some of the, the final roster moves, some cuts. We had a surprise addition late, and then we will uh, look forward to our matchup against the much-beloved Sarcasm Vikings. <laughs> I was kind of curious where you're going with that. Yeah, definitely don't love the Vikings. So let's begin uh, with the Chiefs, which when we were both, you know, we showed up to record the show and we're like, I remember nothing from that game. <laughs> yeah, not a lot, right? So not a whole lot happened. Um, I think it starts with Jordan Love. He looked okay. Yeah, he looked fine, right? I mean, he didn't look as good as the previous game, I believe, but it, he looked fine he kind of showed some of the flashes we'd already seen it is what it is finished 16 to 26 buck 48 and a a late pick in the first half trying to make something happen when there wasn't a whole lot there i think he was looking for mac one of the backup yeah. tight ends on like a seam route and double coverage that was a, a poor decision and not great placement if you're gonna try to make that throw but otherwise he looked all right i thought i think to kind of wrap up jordan love as a preseason as a whole you know before we were thinking all right are we going to find out he's the guy? Is he going to be trade bait? Is he not the guy? And I don't think we have a clear answer. I would agree. Yeah. What I will say is that I am, I am saying he is for sure. He's not, not the guy. Like I'm not, I'm not like, Oh my God, he cannot be the future. You're not completely out on him or anything. Yeah. I'm yeah. not like, Oh my God, we need to trade him. We need to, if Rogers retires, draft somebody in the first round, I think he's probably shown enough that if Rodgers does retire, we probably stick with him as the go-ahead plan. Maybe draft someone late, maybe pick up a journeyman as a backup, like an Andy Dalton type. But I think that he's shown enough and the floor believes in him that he's probably the tentative plan for the future. Yeah, I think I'd agree. And I think even LaFleur mentioned that um, <clears throat> he believes that Jordan Love can now come in and win games for us. Right, like I'm, I'm kind of using his game last year against the Chiefs, ironically enough, as a barometer. Right? Do you think that Jordan Love that we saw in the preseason could win us that game? Yes, because he actually takes shots. He's decisive. He can move around. He can feel pressure, and he knows to use his athletic gifts, which is his mobility. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that's how I wanted to view it. Mm -hmm. He's not Rodgers. Probably never will be. He's not going to be able to carry us, well, right? Few people are. Very few. Like, literally one person is Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. That's true. Um, but, yeah, I think that he could come in and win us games now. I don't think he's going to put us on our put the team on his back necessarily, but I think he could have won that game. He could win us that kind of game. If Rodgers, God forbid, goes down for a couple weeks, I don't think we lose every single game. Yeah, if Rodgers goes down, it's it still hurts. It's still holding your breath, but it's not like the Seneca Wallace year. It's not get up from your couch and get every beer that you own and just black out and forget. It's not that. Which before the Brett Hundley, Deshaun Kaiser, I don't I feel better than I did in those years. Most definitely. Yeah. All right. So other kind of takeaways from this game. I'm gonna to jump to the other side of the ball. Just talking about young important people. Okay. We saw a lot more to Quay Walker. 
He flashed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, I think there's been reports out of training camp that you know he's he's looked better in practice and in games. It looked like he's been going a little slow. Like he's been sure of his assignment. He's been filling gaps, but not really attacking the ball. Which means that he's probably thinking too much still. Which Rogers actually broke this down in an interview this week. You know, it's such a used phrase, right? Players talking about the game slowing down. And it doesn't slow down. It's not like it goes in slow motion, you know. But what it does is players are able to use their instincts and trust their instincts. And that's what's beginning to happen for Quay Walker. Which is great to see if it's already happening in the preseason as this guy really needs to be a major part of this defense going forward. Especially because when he's on the practice field, and I experienced this and I've heard some other people mention it as well, you see him on the field and you're like, oh my God, who is that guy? Like he is a specimen. He's a freak out there, right? Velociraptor reminds me. Yeah, crazy long arms. Dude is jacked out of his mind. I mean, every linebacker pretty much is, but athletic freak. Like, he's just one of the guys, you know, especially back in college or high school, right? When they get off the bus, you're like, oh, God. He's one of those kind of players. So the fact that his, the mental capacity, the mental aspect of the game is starting to catch up with his physical gifts could mean great things for us. And obviously, I'm going to keep my expectations tempered to a certain degree. He's not going to be all pro Devontae Campbell, right? But even if he can just run sideline to sideline and track people down, that's all I really want from him this year anyways. I think that would be huge. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So sticking with our first-round draft picks on defense, while it's been great to see what Quay Walker has been doing, I think both of us have not been exactly excited with the lack of production from Devontae Wyatt. Now, granted, defensive tackle is one of the more difficult positions to adjust to in the NFL. But when we drafted him, Maybe this is me being overly positive at the time. I kind of figured he was going to be right next to Kenny Clark, that he was going to be, you know, defense alignment number two. And that is just not the case. No, I definitely thought he would take kind of more of what Ron Reed is probably actually going to do, right? Mm-hmm. And just kind of be there next to him. But he's, yeah, and he's not shown much, right? He's really just not shown much. And for a prospect that was as old as he is, he's 24 years old right now. So he's a couple years older than most rookies in the NFL. You expect them to be a little bit more fully formed, fully baked at this point. Yeah, when you draft someone like that, you're hoping they're ready to go, and it's so far not looking like it. A lot of players start peaking at 24, right? As far as career-wise, mm-hmm. you know, running backs especially, even um, some other positions, like that's when they really start standing out after they're in the league for a couple of years. You know, they have a couple of years of. Uh, professional strength and conditioning, all that kind of thing. And then they really start breaking out. But the fact that he's not showing much and he's already at this age, he it sounds weird to say, but he doesn't have that many more years to kind of break out at this point. This is incredibly early, incredibly early. Maybe he's a gamer. I mean, I don't know, right? Just a real gamer, not a preseason gamer. Right. But once the regular season, he goes into a different mode. Please. Completely I, possible. I would love to see it. Please. Yeah, as would I. But so far, just not seeing not seeing it. He's getting pushed around a fair amount for a guy that's a big, strong, fast guy. And I mean, he's, he's also not Jordan Davis, right? But, like, he's powerful. Kind of poor technique, too, out of someone from Georgia, yeah. which is a very pedigree school. Reports are that he's, like, getting high early, which I know that you're mm-hmm. a big, strong defensive lineman. But guess what, buddy? You're playing in the NFL now. 
Right. Like right. everyone you're going against from offensive linemen, even to like tight ends and fullbacks, they're strong too. And if they're lower and a better technique, you're going to lose. Correct. Every offensive lineman you'll go against from here on out will be at least as good as the best player you ever played against in college. Mm-hmm. Right. That's pretty much how it works. So at, hopefully it just takes some time to adjust. He has to tweak that technique a little bit, stay a little bit, a little bit lower, you know, fire off, try to keep that explosion. We'll see. It's incredibly early, right? He hasn't even played a, a, in in a game in the NFL yet, so I'm not going to write him off. But he's not shown nearly as much as I would have hoped for. Just in the back of my head, and we'll kind of get into this a little bit more when we discuss um, the roster and the construction, but there's other position groups. Like, we'll get into it, but with how far down he is on the defensive line group, there's a few other spots where I'm like, oh, from what we've seen so far, maybe it would have been nice if we took, a you know, another safety or another corner or a few other spots where we may be a little bit not as deep in mm-hmm. those position groups in the back end uh, that it would have been nice to maybe have that pick instead. And then he's going to go out in week one and sack Kirk cousins three times. And we can all laugh at how wrong I was. That would be great. I would love to laugh at myself. hundred percent. Here's hoping man. <laughs> all right. Back to offense. And I guess the only other real takeaway I had from the game as a whole and I can't believe I'm saying this, but it was nice to see Amari Rogers get used a little bit more. Uh, I think you said it before the show that he was used like Swervin Irvin. A little bit, yeah. So Tyler Irvin was our kind of gadgety running back that we had back in 2019. No, 2020. 2020. Yeah, 2020. 2020. And the running game was much more efficient in 2020. A lot of because these like these fake jet sweeps, which gets the linebackers looking in different directions, mm-hmm. kind of creates some hesitation. Than we were in 2021 when the jet sweep all but went away. Which I found fascinating from a a strategic perspective anyways. Because it's not like Tyler Irvin ever actually did anything. He rarely got the ball. And when he did, it's not like he broke off a bunch of 50-yard touchdowns. I mean, he didn't, he didn't look bad with the ball by any means. But it's not. It was like six yards. Right. But it's the threat of it. Correct. And you can't we, not I, look. Like eyes, human right. physiologically physiologically i'm oh, sorry guys this yeah. late in the day i can't talk you know you're, this by now you're the one that went to school for this okay all right stay in your lane relax <laughs> human eyes are attracted to movement so if you see amari rogers sprinting across the line of scrimmage you're gonna be looking to see what he's doing and oh look there's aaron jones running right behind me or oh i'm being run over by aj Dillon, or there's play action like it creates that little bit of hesitation and here's another cliche that, you know, football is a game of inches mm-hmm. and milliseconds, but it really is. And the difference in the running game between 2020 and 2021 shows that like the personnel didn't, you know, drastically change. If anything, no. AJ Dillon had another year in the system in 2021 and looked better as a whole as a runner than he did in 2020. So I was happy to see Amari you know, be used in that way. And I hope it continues into the regular season. And he even took some just direct, not direct snaps, but normal handoffs from shotgun next to the quarterback, which I mean, that's, and we'll get into this a little bit more when we kind of go through the roster, but just straight up running back touches. And we did not do that with Tyler Irvin, even though he was technically a running back. We haven't seen that since Cobb. Yeah. Since young Cobb. Oh yeah. Like rookie yeah, rookie cop, because we were so deep a receiver that we really couldn't give him the right. ball in any other way. Right, which is kind of what Amari was supposed to be, right? 
He's just supposed to be Cobb 2.0. Fascinating. Not quite there yet, but... No. One thing I do like, though, compared to Tyler Irvin, is that when you run him on those motions, right, he can also then go run a route. He's not a great receiver, but he's better than Tyler Irvin, who was not a receiver. He's more of an option, at least, yeah. Yeah, he can. you can put him out there, and you can let him run the jet sweep, the fake sweep, right? Maybe run a slant, but it's going to be an actual slant by a wide receiver, not by a running back. You know what I mean? So I mm-hmm. think that could be something that's even more interesting kind of coming out of that that personnel group. Nice to see as a whole that after this uh, preseason, Amari Rogers looks to be useful. And I'm even more happy because we talked about that, him being in that role before the game. So pat on the back to us. Look, guys, we're right every once in a while. All right. To roster construction we go. Let's go. All right. So just start on offense and just kind of go through the surprises, go through yeah. the key takeaways. Because yeah, I, I don't think there was a ton necessarily that really shocked us, shocked us. There's a couple things we need to touch on. All right, so quarterback, obviously, Rodgers, Jordan Love, nothing crazy there. The surprises begin a little bit in the running back room. I'd say a little bit more than a little bit. I was stunned. We only kept two. So Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are the only two running backs on the active 53-man roster. And Mm -hmm. I think once we finish going through the 53, what are the practice squad? Because a lot of the guys, like Tyler Goodson, who looked really good, and Patrick Taylor, who's just a staple of this team for the past few years. Correct. They're both on the practice squad, so we'll get back to that. But yeah, a little bit of a surprising move. Most teams keep three. Like every team. The Packers usually keep three. Correct. But what you were alluding to is that since Amari Rodgers has shown that he can carry out of the backfield, not saying he's going to get a lot, like a whole lot of touches. But running back three running back, wouldn't anyways. Yeah, running back three wouldn't anyways, and now he can make an emergency back. Which is... Super interesting. And really, they have to use him this way now. There's no other option. They've kind of pegged him in into that role because two running backs is not enough. No. It's just not. Right? And especially because your next thought at running back is, oh, Kylan Hill. Right? Pup he's, list. He's on the pup list. So he's out for weeks, which means for weeks, I think four weeks, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're going to be running out with two running backs who you utilize heavy, heavily. Especially with the changes in the offense, like Correct. I predict both their carries and receptions to go up significantly. It's not like Aaron Jones is going to be the bell cow, going to get the ball 20, 30 touches, and then the backup comes in and gets like five, right? It's going to be pretty 50-50, I think. Correct, which increases the amount that they both need rest, increases the chance of in- injury. This is an interesting choice and clearly shows that they believe in Amari as emergency running back, running back three, whatever. And another formation that we've talked about that we love and so many Packer fans love is called Pony. Pony. Where we have both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the backfield at the same time. Downside is they're both in the field. They're both going to get tired. I was going to say, the downside is we literally don't have another running back besides those two. So then I guess the next play or the next few plays, you bring in Amari and you go gun or you just go five wide and just go empty. or Let's get it. Yeah, I don't really know what else your options are. Not much. No. So that was interesting. That That's a very interesting, that's probably the most interesting thing on offense, I think. Just that was a clear decision. And if we did not get those two guys on practice squad, we would have been in trouble. I would say that is the, that is the most interesting choice 
But the closed second is in the wide receiver room. This was a battle we talked about at length. So the Packers decided to keep Al Lazard, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, no surprises there. Amari Rogers, who not only is now this kind of weird wide receiver running mm-hmm. back hybrid, but also is the starting kick and punt returner. Christian Watson and Dubs. And then I think a lot of us were thinking it was going to be Winfrey, especially because Rogers talked up Winfrey. Correct. And the last time Rogers talked somebody up was what, 2017? Mr. Jake Kumaro? Yep. And when we let Jake Kumaro go, he was not a happy camper. He was very grumpy. Rogers in an interview this week also mentioned that, you know, there was a little bit of a difference because that year he thought that Kumaro was like wide receiver three, not fighting for, you know, wide receiver six or seven. So the Packers ended up keeping seventh round draft pick, Samori Toure, who has looked amazing all preseason. Yeah, 100% loved, have loved him all preseason. Um, I thought it was kind of a steal when we got him in the draft. Mm-hmm. He's a great route runner, uh, good athleticism, good size, just a good person to have on the team. And we've already seen what Jawan Winfrey can be, right? He's capped out at this point in his career. You hit the nail on the head. And if you're thinking about like who can you put back on the practice squad, because you have the 53-man roster and the 16 guys in the practice squad. And in order to get to the practice squad, you have to go through like waivers, right? So other teams can like stay a claim, and it's based on where you finish. So the Packers are, what, like 28th, 27th? Something, something like that. super low. So you have this rookie receiver who has looked great all preseason. Or Jawan Winfrey, who has been wide wide receiver six five seven four all of his career he's 25 or 26 now doesn't have great physical skills it was the safe call surprising but the safe call to keep Toure and then try to sneak Winfrey onto the practice squad I agree completely much more likely that Toure would have been grabbed I don't think necessarily he would have been either um something I've heard a lot about and I think is probably the case is fans always overrate their bottom end of the roster when in reality, everybody's got a young, pretty athletic wide receiver at the end of the roster, like mm-hmm. literally every single team, um, especially in a wide receiver room that is as bad as ours. You think whoa. From top to bottom. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. go look at like the Buccaneers or the Rams or something, right? And think about their wide receiver room top to bottom. Way deeper. Let's remember than this moment. Let's remember this when the boys all ball out. Oh, I expect big not things this is out true. of every single one of them. Even you now, Amari. I'm not saying that this is necessarily true next year or the year after when these guys kind of come to fruition, I think. But this year, we don't have a great wide receiver group. We just don't. There's potential, a ton of potential. There is it. potential, and I'm you know trying to be optimistic now. But the back end of ours is probably not as strong as the back end of other people's. It's fair. Thank you. And I do have to say that at tight end, we did keep Ty Davis. So. We did. We did. Hello, new Dominic Daphne. <laughs> uh, offensive line, we did have one decision that both of us are not very happy with, especially you, Luke. You uh, want to take that one over? Not particularly, but I will anyways because I'm still sad. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we released Caleb Jones, who was, once again, I'm going to bring this up every time, nice to my grandmother, so he would get brought up frequently. But we released Caleb Jones, who a lot of people, not just me, thought was looked great in preseason. He's one of our highest graded uh, 
offensive lineman by PFF, right? He looked great. He's a freak of nature at his size. Not something you see every day. And seemed to be getting a lot of positive buzz. Mm-hmm. More so than, I think, Rasheed Walker. Which is the guy who presumably took his spot. I mean, they right. both play tackle, so. They both play tackle, both young, kind of developmental prospects, raw, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was bummed, man. I was bummed. When you texted me about it, I was like, oh, there goes Caleb. Yeah, I think that was the most bummed I've ever been for an offensive line cut in my life. You know, I just straight up don't care. And that sounds terrible, especially as being part of the Packer media as we are. But Yes, we you know, are. Offensive lineman 11 just really doesn't do it for me very often. But Caleb Jones. Caleb, Caleb Jones, Jones got us this excited for offensive lines. Did. So that's saying something. And because he was nice to my grandmother. That too. So he's got to be a great person. Has to be. Defense? Defense. So defense, I guess the surprise with me would be on the defensive line, we decided to keep seventh rounder Jonathan Ford, big defensive tackle out of Miami, which was a little surprising when you add Prophetstown's own Jack Heflin. Yeah, I'm going to say that I felt personally attacked by these cuts. Now that I think about it, I didn't think about it this way before. But you cut my boy Caleb Jones, right? Who once again was nice to my grandmother. Is this the first time you are emotional on the show than I am? There's a good chance. And, this is and then you cut my boy, Jack Heflin, Prophetstown's own, who is nothing but, I forgot what they called him. I think it's a garbage can full of dirt, which somehow that was a compliment. I don't really get it. Maybe because he's immovable. I don't know. I've heard LaFleur say that he's just like a dog. Like he's, he's just, just heart, hustle, and muscle. Effort. But you also saw it in the preseason. I feel like when you say that someone gives a lot of good effort, they try really hard. It usually means that they're bad at whatever they do, right? <laughs> yeah. That's how you're describing somebody. But Jack Heflin was making plays. So was Chris Slayton. Like, I would have taken either of those guys over Jonathan Ford Mm -hmm. in a heartbeat. 100%. 100%. So I'm a little bummed about Heflin. But that's okay. Especially because he played legitimate snaps for us last year. Experience at the NFL level. He's never going to be a superstar. But when he went out there, you're not embarrassed. It kind of bounced off that Jonathan Ford idea is that you know, a lot of people thought he should have gone undrafted when we drafted him. It's kind of like he hasn't really done anything. He's a giant man. Which you would think when he's going up against, like he's playing in the fourth quarter of preseason games. Right. He is going up against guys that are going to be selling insurance. Correct. And this guy's like 6'5", 340. You should just be throwing centers aside. Right. But I don't remember him doing like literally anything. Like he should literally be Bane and just, nope. Did he even play? Did he record I mean, a tackle? I assume he played. I assume he played, but I there's no evidence. So I think this probably just goes to Goody trying to keep his draft picks. It's the only way that makes sense. A couple of these are Goody keeping his draft picks, I think. Because the only reason, in my mind, Heflin does not make the team is if it's for Chris Slayton. Because he played super well. Mm-hmm. He did. And I get that he's probably another one that's, you know, he's peaked. He, I think he's 26 years old. This probably is what he is at this point. This probably is his prime. But his prime looked like a useful player. I was going to say, he still looked productive to me. Right. Productive. Unlike Jonathan Ford, who I think saw the field, maybe. Yeah. Again, we don't really know. At outside linebacker, we kept five as opposed to four. So maybe we kept uh, Gary and Preston. No surprise there. JJ Anakbar, the draft pick, who has also looked good. I think he solidified himself as outside uh, rusher number three. And then Garvin and Tipa, who were both on the team last year. I don't know. They're both kind of replacement level guys. 
Mm-hmm. They both kind of shown flashes. I think that you could have snuck one of the practice squad and then maybe kept Slayton or Heflin. Oh, well. I assume that they're there just for experience purposes and also maybe some special teams. You know, linebacker bodies are good for special teams. That's about all I got. Inside backer, we kept all fours. We should have. Nothing to be surprised about there. Corners are pretty much what I expected. Jair, Stokes, Rosal God, Shamar Jean Charles, Keyshawn Nixon. Uh, and then the safety room is a little interesting. So the original 53-man roster with the safeties was Amos and Savage. Uh, Dallin Levitt, who, if you guys remember, was a, I'm going to call it a Rick Passaccia signing. He's like a 27, 28-year-old safety, mainly special teams guy. When we saw him in the preseason in coverage, either there was a miscommunication or he just did not look good. Yeah, not, not good. Not good. You have the like safety linebacker hybrid that I like, Tariq Carpenter, mm-hmm. but he's a seventh rounder and he's very raw. And then the kid Micah Abernathy, the guy who was playing in the USFL, there you go. Said it right in the first time. No C's. So that was a you know great story. It was all over you know Packers.com, Micah Abernathy, his journey to the Packers roster. And he balled out in the preseason. He He's making did. plays. He did. And if you kind of think about like the mold, uh, Levitt and Carpenter both look like more like traditional strong safeties where mm-hmm. they're more kind of better against the run, a little less athletic. And Abernathy looked like more of a ball hawk, right? Yeah, and he was a... I believe back when he tested, because he's been in the league a couple of years, at least around the league for a couple of years, kind of a little freak, mm-hmm. kind of an athletic freak there. So that that's nice to kind of, like you said, offset a little bit more bigger bodied, slower, slower safeties. So that was, you know, a nice like, OK, we'll see what he can do. You know, nice, a nice backup free safety because Savage hasn't missed significant time, but like he's banged up now and he has been a little bit throughout his career. Yeah, He gets banged up a lot. But he, he doesn't miss a ton of games. Like he's questionable for half the games in a season. Yeah. And he comes out for like a quarter. So the day after the initial 53 comes out and, you know, the teams make all their cuts, there was this technically safety, kind of feels like a corner. His name's Rudy Ford. He was on the Jags. And he's apparently regarded as one of the greatest gunners, like gunners on special teams yeah. in the NFL. So we went and signed him and uh, we put Mr. Micah Abernathy on the practice squad. So I think that the Rudy Ford signing really comes to uh, comes from how lackluster the special teams looked in the preseason, which has been a big kind of focal point of this offseason, right? We go and sign Rick Passaccia. You know, we get Dallin Levitt. We get Carpenter kind of felt like he was going to be a special teams guy. We have a lot of these moves that are not traditional Packer moves. You know, like the backup safeties are a perfect examples. Some of the backup linebackers. These are guys that we think are going to do well on special teams, and they may be worse on defense than other guys we could have had. But after the absolute debacle of, you know, that game, we don't have to go back there. This is a positivity podcast today, guys. You know, some changes had to be made. That being said, Amos and Savage cannot get like actually hurt because I don't trust any of these guys in the back end. So I kind of have two answers to that. Neither one of them good, by the way. Uh-oh. Uh, I believe I saw a stat that Dallin Levitt played like 40% of snaps for the Raiders last year as a safety, like actual defense, not as Passaccia calls it, we-fence, we fence, which is special teams. I do terrible like name. that. That's nice. It's a terrible no, name. No, I man. like it. 
Because it's both sides. It's offense and defense. It's, it's together. Fence. Can you imagine saying that in like a team meeting, like doing a breakdown? One, two, three, we fence. Okay, no, man. it's a little like underwhelming, that's... but I get the concept. That's a terrible name. Anyways, yeah, no, conceptually I get it, but the name's terrible. Anyways, like 40% of snaps is the third safety in for the Raiders. Even Rudy Ford played actual snaps last year for the Jaguars. I don't know if they're good or bad or not, but at least he is. they are both capable of being on the field. And have experience. I will give you that yes. as a little bit of an upside. They sure. could be trash, but they have done it before. I mean, Jerome McMillan played. So did the doctor. We had like the worst safeties of all time for those couple of years. I'm just going to say they played significant <laughs> snaps to the Packers, too. They did. They did. Fair point. And then the other thing that kind of came out of out of the preseason and camp, because we didn't do it during the game, but uh, Rasul Douglas appears to be our actual backup safety if one of those two goes down. Don't know how I feel about that, given that we're kind of thin at corner as well. Super top-heavy, but We'll see thin. what Nixon or Shamar can do, but I agree. And then also, like, again, this might be me nitpicking, which is a big surprise on the show. I know that Rasul Douglas has great instincts, and he is a bit of a ball hawk, right? But I still, like, I would think that he would be the natural replacement for Amos, not for Savage. I don't know about that. I don't know. Okay. Well, I hope we don't have to find out. Me too. Me too, unless we're doing it on purpose, some sort of, like, weird, we go three safeties and just Which, for fun. I just don't think we're going to, right? The whole point of this draft, drafting Quay Walker, Quay Walker was to make sure that we don't go three safeties. I'm expecting us to go four, two, five. Well, you know, two, four, five, whatever you want to call it. Right. Two big boys, Preston and Gary, the two freaks at linebacker, Savage, Stokes, Alexander, and then Amos and Savage. I'm hoping we're in that 90% of the game. I imagine we will be. Because the backups, except for defensive line, our defensive line is really deep. But in the secondary, like you said, top heavy, maybe the best unit in the league based on the starters. Mm-hmm. But I get a little nervous if somebody else has to come in because Completely agree. you know any quarterback is going right to that person. Yeah, if they see Nixon or Shamar. Yeah, you're throwing at them 100%. Down Levitt, just, just deep to his side. That's what I would do in a heartbeat. Guaranteed. All right, so that's the 53. I will blitz to the practice squad. We brought back running backs Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson. Love it. Feel good about that. Tyler Goodson, Goodson showed some nice upside. Yep. So we'll have some decisions to make uh, when Kylan Hill can come back in week four. Mm-hmm. How we feel about the running back room. Um, that guy, Travis Fulgham, who kind of showed something in Philadelphia a few years back. Yeah, for that one year, he was like a, a fantasy football superstar for three weeks. So he's there in case there's injuries. And we were able to bring back Jawan Winfrey, so that's some nice insurance as well. Uh, tight end Sean Byer, no idea. No clue. Caleb Jones, our My beloved, boy. your boy. Another one of your boys, Jack Heflin. Love it. Chris Slayton. So it's nice that, like, I don't know. They're there. Like, the big surprise cuts, we got them all back. Yeah, I don't think we actually lost anybody. Oh, no, we did. Who did we lose? Oh, we did. So, folks, there's usually about 30 players claimed. And they uh, thought the you know the preseason process roster cuts. It's about one person per team, and we did have one Packer claimed, and this is a guy that we're gonna miss dearly. Got it. Yep, I know where we're going. Who is it, Luke? Your boy, my boy, your boy, 
Ty Summers got claimed. Ty Summers got claimed. Ty Summers is now a Jaguar. So a lot of a lot of transactions. Not like actual trades, but like we swapped a lot of players. We could have just traded him for Rudy Ford. I would have loved that. I would love Rudy Ford even more then. 100% agreed. Did you see um, slightly off topic? Well, no. It's in the name of the podcast, basically. Who had the most waiver claims? By far. Wasn't it like the Jets or... No, it was the Bears. Was it? Yeah, they had like six or seven waiver claims. Anybody good? Any good names? um, A wide receiver from the Vikings. They got Alex Leatherwood. Oh, the the Raiders Gruden dumb pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's going to just change their fortunes. Correct. They have enough problems on the offensive line. I don't think another guy that doesn't know what he's doing is going to help. I think if he would have come to us... Great position for him to be in on the practice squad or something like that mm-hmm. with our coaches. But he's going to go starting the Bears. And because they claimed him, they have to pay some of that guaranteed salary. Bears move. 100% Bears move. Yeah, not a lot of hope for the Bears this year. Although they do have EQ and Lucas Patrick. They do. They do. They do love them some leftover Packers. Lower half of the roster Packers. Yeah. Although well, Lucas I, Patrick. I was always an EQ. Not always. Last year, I was more of an EQ fan. I'm more... Like, Christian Watson is what we all wanted EQ to be. I think EQ will do some nice things for the Bears. I agree. I agree. And I will root for him doing them as long as the Bears don't end up winning games. And they got, like, Byron Pringle. They just grabbed, like, all the back ends. Like, wide receiver receivers fours. from good teams. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what they do. Uh, to finish up the practice squad, Ladarius Hamilton... Another outside linebacker kind of guy that we kept around a little bit last year. They're all kind of the same to me, so that's fine. The only other person of note I'll even mention, I guess two more. Uh, Micah Abernathy is the uh, safety that we talked about. And then I believe we did bring back Ramiz Ahmed. I'm happy about that. Yes. So this was the kicker that kicked, I believe, at least the third preseason game, maybe the second. He looked good. So he's a potential Crosby replacement. This is his last year. But let's not be thinking beyond the Silver Fox. And I said that just for you. Thank you. I greatly appreciate that. My You're man, welcome, sir. Silver Fox. On to the Vikings. On to the Vikings. Week one. Let's get some fuel first. Some fuel. Okay. Some fuel. Okay. Some let's Vikings get some fuel. fuel. Let's do it. So, you know, former Packers that go to the Vikings, apparently they just have to talk shit about our team. Right? Greg Jennings has said a lot of not kind things about Aaron Rodgers. Um, in years past, apparently recently, he also said that the Packers were mind-washing their players. I don't really know how that works. but That, yeah. that we're better than the rest of the uh, division, which we is are. statistically true. I mean, yeah, we just are. Should you not yeah. be telling your players, like, all right, guys, huddle up, huddle up. We are not as good as the Lions and Bears, but we are going to do our best. Like, what the hell are you expecting him to say? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So you have that. And then, you know, we knew last year there were some... Zadarius Smith grumblings, right? I think he was upset about not getting a captain star. Correct. But that's the only thing I can really point to. Yeah, and his back injury seemed a little weird. Just the timing of some of the procedures and stuff. Like, there was was something going on. There's something in the air that we couldn't quite get our hands on. And then we all just kind of walked away this offseason. Like, everyone going into the offseason knew he was leaving. And, oh, crap, he goes to Minnesota. Okay, you know, a lot of Packer players do. Chandon Sullivan's there, too, right? Yep. So it was, I think it was today or yesterday that Zadarius said in an interview, basically, like, they did me wrong. I came to Minnesota to play them twice a year and show them how wrong they are. Like, bro, what did we even do to you? I honestly have no idea. 
It would have been all behind the scenes stuff, I'm guessing, if anything. And I'm saying it now. The Zadarius Smith and Greg Jennings career arc is going to be the exact same. Not good news for Zadarius. Not good news for Zadarius. Where their peak was in Green Bay. Zadarius looked good in Baltimore, but his I mean his best years were in Green Bay. Yeah, he didn't even start in Baltimore. The fact that now he is on the wrong side of thirty and has back like major back major problems. back surgery. We know back problems are no joke. Yep. They'll come back to haunt you. Hey. We made it so far, Devin. <laughs> Couldn't be a show without me without it, could it? You're just you're just cruising right there. I mean, you got him on one side, Daniil Hunter on the other. Both of these guys That's are good. like great potential, and it feels really good on paper, right? Yeah. If you're playing a Madden team with no injuries, oh, you're gonna have a great great season. But they're both injured a lot. Yeah, both of them are not gonna play 16 games, and then the depth behind that is not great. And that's especially not great, given that now we play 17 games a year. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Whoops. Anyways. So yeah, so there's a little there's a little more fuel for the uh, the Vikings rivalry if we need it anymore. Yeah, that'll be interesting. What does scare me is Zedarius does uh, show up in big games, mm-hmm. um, and we don't exactly know our offensive line situation. Yeah, let's get into that. So that worries me slightly. So what I'm hearing is it seems like Bakhtiari should play. At right. least he is at the point where he feels like he can play. We'll see what LaFleur and company decide to do if they want to take a little conservative with him. But he seems to be closer than Elton, which I think which is going to be pretty crazy to say. In this game, I would almost rather have Elton than Bakhtiari because if Bakhtiari doesn't play, it's Yash. And Yash has proven himself against all pro caliber pass rushers. Granted, needs a little help, needs a little chip, but like he does just fine. Right. If it's on the other side. Uh, yep. Yep. Right guard. <laughs> right tackle. Don't even want to say his name. Has to play. Royce Newman or Zach Tom, right? That's all we got out there. Yeah, Royce Newman. I mean, Zach Tom. They wouldn't I, throw I him out there. I think that would be unfair one. to do in his first career game. Yeah, But I yeah, agree. Royce Newman, I mean, you would need to be chipping on that side every single Big time. Big dog's living on that right side. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> no, we just, no routes for him. If we just put him at right tackle, just just sorry, Royce, we're putting Big Dog at right tackle. How about Amari Rogers just chipping every time, right? I think Amari could take on to Darius Smith in a heartbeat. What good would that do? Can you imagine just that? Just swat him away like a fly. It'll probably happen at least once. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> a little Amari just tries. Boom. All right. So that that's one part of the matchup. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings have a new coaching staff, mm-hmm. which is interesting because there was not a lot of roster turnover. It's no, kind of the same team, just new coaches. The same cast of characters except for Zadarius, yeah. So this this new coach, Kevin O'Connell, uh, was the OC of the Rams. So yet again, we talk about our coaching trees. Comes from the same, you know, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, Matt Shan- Mike Shanahan, Mike Shanahan. It's been a long day. Tree. You know, the, the power running game, the play action based off of it, the motion. So Some of the Packers players said this week in interviews, like the nice thing about playing the scheme is that we play it every single week in practice. Right. It's what we, what we run. There's so, some slight deviations and, and whatnot, but it's essentially the same basic scheme. So we'll see how that plays out. It'll be interesting to see this season as a whole how Kirk Cousins does. Because it's been no secret that 
Mike Zimmer, the uh, former head coach of the Vikings, hated Kirk Cousins. Correct. And I think just like everything in life, did you ever hear him say anything good? No. I mean, his defenses were always good, right? I'm looking forward to not playing Mike Zimmer's defense because they seem to always give Aaron problems. Mm -hmm. So I think when we're looking at this Vikings team, I go probably a little bit of stock up on the offense because of O'Connell. Yeah, and especially you put Justin Jefferson in the Cooper Cup role, which Mm -hmm. is kind of what they're planning on doing. That could be a problem. Thielen will still be good. Dalvin can still cook. And he kills us every game. Mm-hmm. We'll see about this uh, this stout front seven that we have. They're really going to need to show up in this game. But on defense, like we said, Zimmer's gone. You have Harrison Smith, who's getting older. Another year older. We have the pass rush. But besides that, we are talking about the corners beforehand. It's like Cameron Dantzler, Shannon Sullivan's corner two or three. Oh, Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson. But Whatever's is, left of him. This is old Patrick Peterson. Like... I could see Romeo burning him, honestly. Yep. I loved Patrick Patrick Peterson in his prime, but this ain't it. No, it's not. I think you have to be putting him in zone because you put him in man, you're just asking for a burning. Correct. They still got Eric Kendricks. So they have some good pieces. He's a good linebacker, yeah. They have some good pieces there. But it'll be interesting. I think overall their defense will go down. But their offense may go up. I'm not. I'm very much looking forward to this game. Right, because we're recording this the eve of the NFL season. So mm-hmm. I'm super excited. However, I hate playing a game like this for our first one. Right? I just hate Minnesota, and it's going to be a very intriguing matchup. They match up well against us, I would say. And they have, right? Historically, in the last couple of years, we have a tendency to play a little rough week one, right? Last year was a debacle. Last year, we didn't play week one, Luke. Correct. Uh, on that note, though, the Vikings sat as many players as we did in the preseason. So that's good no news. one played for them. So good if news. it's the whole like rust storyline people want to play, it's even for both teams. I kind of wish we were playing some random AFC team that we just don't care about. Jaguars. Perfect. Even if they were a good team. Unless like, like Jake Ryan gets a pick and I would just never talk again. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Not Jake Ryan. Ty, Ty Summers. Um but you know what I mean? Just like some random team. There's a lot of emotion in this. Yeah. So we're either going to be feeling like shit or we're going to be hype next Correct. week, guys. Correct. It's one or the other. We're a little no in between. No in between. Mm-hmm. So that makes me a little nervous going into it, but we'll see. Are we at Lambo? We're there, right? We're there. Yeah, which doesn't make me feel any better. I guess that means the important one later in the season will be in Lambo. That's a positive. I think it's week 17. We always seem to end with them. Well, I mean, like, schedule makers think about it, right? Like, the marquee matchups. It's going to matter. Us and them playing will matter at the end of the year, unlike us and the Lions playing. I mean, I could see the Vikings making, like, a wild card. I think they're oh, one yeah, of the better sure. teams in the NFC. For sure. I, I, I would agree with that. Uh, other injury things that we should touch on going into this matchup. So, Alan Lazard has not been practicing, which is frightening, considering he's wide receiver one. And he's been hyped up by Rodgers all offseason. Christian Watson... I mean, apparently he could have gone against the Chiefs, so we're hoping he's back to full capacity. Yeah. But if not, it's, you know, Watkins won. Cobb isn't really a two, but he kind of, you know, put him in the slot. And then Romeo. Like, I, maybe I guess this is. Be, yeah, he would be starting it outside, right, with Cobb in the slot. Yeah, with Watkins. Romeo and then uh, Watson comes into points. I don't love that. I'm all I'm all for these rookie wideouts, and I'm super excited for them. 
not sure I necessarily want one of them starting week one. I want them to be to play, be in the game. I would feel better if Lazard was starting, but Completely Romeo agree. has balled out. I don't disagree. I also want the run blocking from Lazard, for sure. I'm going to say if Lazard doesn't play, Romeo 120 and a touchdown. Oh, oh. You heard it here first. Man. That'd be impressive. That'd be impressive. And if Lazard plays, that goes to him. Okay, fair enough. I see it. I see it. I see where you're coming from. You're soaping, man. You're soaping. Anything else you want to cover about this matchup? Anything else we haven't hit? Um, Not really. Just that I'm excited to see kind of what happens. I'm excited to see what these teams look like. Uh, you never know how much a coaching change is really going to affect a team, right? So I'm very interested to see what the Vikings look like just in general. And just Kirk Cousins not being yelled at. Like, Correct. As, as much as I don't like him, I don't like any human being to be just like bullied for no real reason. And this is going to sound weird, especially coming from a Packer fan, but like he's not terrible. No, he actually like puts up great numbers. He just I mean, that's disappears. The that's all he does, but yes. disappears in prime time. But correct. But like the Bears would kill for Kirk Cousins. A lot of teams would kill for Kirk Cousins, and and he's just kind of up there, not winning anything. And we'll see. We'll see. I'm super excited to see what our team looks like. This run game, I want to see it. Right, I want to see some flashes out of the wideouts. Um, oh, see Big Bob back. Hello. Do we? Do we know if he's playing? Oh, yeah, he's banged up, too. Right, he's been banged up this whole time, obviously, coming off his ACL. He's been trying to go for week one. That's the goal. He said he should be ready. Here's another take. If he doesn't play, Tyler Davis, one drop pass or fumble or penalty. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. That's a much safer take than the other one. <laughs> much safer. Much, much safer. I think... Man, I really hope he plays. This is also selfish because he's on. Uh, I drafted him in one of my fantasy teams. So I, I, if nothing else, I need to know if he's going to play or not, so I can pick up another tight end if necessary. I just need to know, man. I just I need to, to know. know. <laughs> so we'll see. But if he's back, that if he's playing, I feel better without Lazard. Yeah, it helps a lot, especially because we use Lazard like a big tight end. Correct. So that that would make me feel infinitely better. But I'm just excited for football, man. I'm just excited for football. It is the best time of the year. By far. Think about it. it will not be another football this Sunday until like fe- middle of February. I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to think about a time when we don't have football again. I just want to embrace the moment. Right? Our Packers yep. are back. Yep. Football is back. Yep. And we're still in our winning window. And we know what's going to happen next offseason. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm just happy that we're both excited again after I was hoping for Mitch. <laughs> Oh, Devin. But yeah, we'll all- I mean, end of last year, you were ready to just kick our guy to the curb. Back-to-back MVPs, don't care. Let's leave. How the tides have turned. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens if we have a great season and then January. He does the same thing. I'll be like, well, look who was right after all, folks. We're really ending this on a sour note, aren't we? We should be. Let's get back to being excited about game number one of the 2022 NFL season. For your Green Bay Packers. I am most excited for this defense, man. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. I I really hope they live up to and just fly. I think. I mean, Jair has made the Vikings look stupid over the years. He has. They're so aggressive. I think that's the fun part. Is there an attack mode all the time? Mm-hmm. And some great defenses. I mean, every great defense has to be aggressive. There are plenty of really good defenses that are not ball hawking, smack you super hard. Like, there's a difference. Right. 
in the level of aggression. I think we're going to be one of those. We got some dogs back there. We do. We do. I'm super excited to see what Gary can do. I mean, sky's the limit for him this year. It's been a lot of talk of him being, you know, all pro type level. And I saw it in person, right? Like we literally don't have anybody on the field that can block him. Now he wasn't going up against Bakhtiari, which he would have. So I could have seen that, but like he's a man amongst boys. I, you know, are we going to see a TJ Watt type season from Gary? I think it's possible. I don't think necessarily it's going to happen. I think it's possible. And remember, he did that last season. Think about his great season last season. He didn't have the rest of the pieces, right? Right. Alexander didn't play for most of the season. And even Quay Walker, I think, is going to be a step up in coverage as opposed to Henry Black, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the replacement. So the three safeties, you have the two linebackers. Mm-hmm. I even think Jaron Reed is going to help a little bit in the pass rush, right? So get some more Absolutely. interior pressure. He's looked great. If Wyatt can figure it out. But if he can't, we got Dean Lowry, five sacks last season. Rockford zone. I'm excited for the offensive creativity, but I am so excited to watch this defense hopefully just dominate. And it feels so weird saying that for us as Packer fans, right? I mean, as painful so as painful as that game was, you know how awesome it was to watch our defense just completely destroy them? Just stand up time after time. Yeah, completely agree. And we're not playing Jimmy G in the snow, but I am not expecting a numerical shootout like we've had in years past. I think our offense is going to be a little slow at the gate. Yeah, probably. Getting used to the new receivers and whatnot. I mean, depending on what the offensive line looks like, if it's Royce Newman out there at right tackle, I'm expecting some sacks or some holds, let's be honest. But I think our defense keeps Minnesota to under 20 of, like, real points, right? There could be some garbage time BS, but they're not putting up 30-35 like last year. I just don't see it. All right. Give me a score. Who do you think is going to win? I, we all know the answer to that. Devin's yeah, going to say we're going 17 or no. But uh, give me it. Who's going to win and what's the score? I'll go. I'll be optimistic. I'll say 27 for the Packers. Okay. I'll say 27 24 with a late garbage time oh, touchdown. For the Vikings. That was the same score I was going for. I'll switch it up. I'll switch it up. Do great minds. They think alike, right. baby. I'll go uh, 24-20, Packers. All right. Either way, folks, that sounds like a dub to me, doesn't it? That's a perfect way to start and the season. And we're going to be seeing a lot of dubs, if you know what I'm saying. Had to sneak one one more in there, didn't you? We got to end on a high note. <laughs> you said it yourself. As always, folks. Go, Pack Go. Go, Pack Go.